And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT the Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT the Brick. JT, welcome back. It's our final hour of the week. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, and that beautiful Raiders mobile app where people are streaming the show. More than ever, thanks for us and everybody getting our numbers up here. Really appreciate it. All of our partners appreciate it. As this hour is brought to you by Doghouse. That's the new sports bar slash cantina live music right in the heart of resorts world, right next to the theater. So if you're going to see Katy Perry or Carrie Underwood or any of their big shows right there, it's right next to it. As you come in, there's free parking. It's fantastic. Resorts world. Great place to be, and we thank Resorts World, my home for Monday night football. And I'm going to be there for the first round of the playoffs on the Monday night game, so we'll tell you more about that when it comes back. I do a lot of radio show appearances. I go on a lot of other radio shows. And today I was on radio in Southern California talking about this game. Gilbert Manzano, friend of the show who's been on a lot of our shows this week, tweeted out the cover of the paper, the OC Register, the cover of the sports page. Trash Talk Triggered, and it's a full page of Carr and Joey Bosa. Uh, Gilbert wrote the column, Charges Bosa, Raiders Carr, Keep Respect for Each Other Amid Word Games. So they're trying to build this up in Southern California to the best of their ability. They are. The story which I've been telling you, and I've been going over the top on this, and it could come back to bite me in the ass on Monday if the Raiders don't win, but I've been ripping on the Chargers for what I know they do. And what they do as an organization is they have the Chargers caravan and they drive around with stuffed animals and croissants and bagels and they drive by media outlets and they try to kiss ass to the media in Southern California to get attention. Now, why do they do this? Well, there are no Charger fans in L.A., literally none. Uh, Most of them are in San Diego and the ones in San Diego are still so pissed off that if you say to the Charger fans, and I know several of them are great guys. Some of my crew, guys I've hung out with for 20-plus years, 30 years, excuse me, when I lived in San Diego before I got into radio, they didn't follow the Chargers to L.A. because of the owner. You know, when the ownership and if Raider fans were upset with Mark with the move, I understand why Oakland fans, we got that, but a lot of Oakland fans understood why Mark moved. The politicians up there, the issues that were happening, and then we have this beautiful stadium In Las Vegas, the Charger fans are different. They despise Dean Spanos. It could have worked in San Diego. See, Oakland, even with the new stadium, they weren't going to get Super Bowls. It wasn't going to be the home of Pro Bowls. It wasn't going to be the home of the draft. It wasn't going to happen. Vegas is happening. In San Diego, if they found a way to leave the Chargers there, the Chargers would have had two Super Bowls a decade. You know, the Super Bowl is going to L.A., and I talked to another person who told me, L.A. in February is rainy season. L.A. in February is cold. If you ever see the golf at Riviera or even San Diego at Torrey Pines from time to time, it's a little cool, cold. It could be in the 50s, high 40s, high 30s in the morning. It's cold. And this L.A. Super Bowl, you know, it's not a dome stadium. It could be cold. There's COVID concerns and all of that. I'm pulling for L.A. L.A. built a brand-new stadium. The Raiders built a new stadium. L.A. and the Raiders are both in the Super Bowl rotation now going forward. So I have nothing against SoFi Stadium. I hear it's great. 
And I really have nothing crazy against the Charger fans. I just don't like the ownership there for the way they treated their fans. So what they're doing is in L.A. is they're trying to buy their way into L.A. media. And it's very difficult to do because of LeBron James. The biggest brand out there is the Dodgers. No debate. Bigger, I think bigger than the Lakers because of the size of their fan base. Because you can get 55,000 into a Dodger game. You get 20 into a Laker game. But the, those two teams, the Lakers and the Dodgers, are the pinnacle of L.A. Then you got USC that's coming back with Lincoln Riley. UCLA with Chip Kelly. You got the Kings and the Ducks. You have Otani and Mike Trout and the Angels. And then you got the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So I understand what the Chargers are doing. They're trying to hype this up. They want to get Justin Herbert on billboards. They want to get him in the newspaper. And they want to buy time on radio stations by kissing radio stations' asses with croissants. That's why I always throw that vague tweet out there because I got guys who work in radio. I've been in radio 25 years. I know guys who call me and say, Chargers sent a gift basket. Chargers sent something. Chargers GM is calling this host to try to get on shows. That's what they're doing. And to their credit, it's working a little bit now. They got Herbert. Herbert is a rock star. He is a great quarterback, and the Raiders have to put him down. They got to put him down in this game on Sunday night because this kid's going to go back to multiple playoffs, and he's going to probably be in Super Bowl contention at some point over the next five to ten years, maybe multiple times. We saw this happen with Patrick Mahomes. We've seen the blueprint. Mahomes is the last two Super Bowls winning one. We don't want to see that happen in Los Angeles with the Chargers. So I heard today on Clay and Pritch, they were talking to a caller, and someone said there's much more. No, it was Q. Our buddy Q, your boy Q, Q Myers, our program director, was on with Ed Graney and Tyler on our sister station. And they asked him the question, who has more at stake in this game? And Q said it's a lot more at stake for Carr and the Raiders. I agree. You know, Carr has been playing longer. The Raiders have been through a lot more this year. And this game, the pressure's on the Raiders to win this because the Chargers could win with Herbert. And if they don't win, they could say, Brandon Staley and Herbert, the media will say, well, they're young, brand new coach, young quarterback. They'll be back if they lose. And that would be fair. You don't say that about the Raiders if they don't win this game. You got a veteran quarterback. You got veteran players. You got a veteran coaching staff. They have to win this game. I haven't sugarcoated that a bit. So big game, everybody. The Chargers are trying to stir the pot with Posa in Los Angeles to get eyeballs on this game. There's going to be this might be one of the highest rated games a year because it's an elimination game, the last game of the season. I don't know how many people back east are going to watch it. Because of the time of the game, starting late, and people back east really have no vested interest in this game other than the Raider Nation fans who are back east. But the Giants and the Jet fans and the Patriot fans and the Dolphin fans, Carolina, you know, Washington football team, all those fans, the Eagle fans, they don't have a vested interest. So I don't know what the ratings will be back east, but they'll be mammoth out west for obvious reasons. So big game. We've been going through what it will take to win. As I tweeted out earlier today, I thought it was a good tweet. Not all of my tweets are good. You all know that. But I tweeted out earlier today that in the five Raider wins this game, here's the tweet. The Raiders have scored over 30 points five times this season. 33 against the Ravens win. 31 against Miami win. 34 at Denver win. 33 against the Eagles win. 36 at Dallas win. 
I think they need to score 30-plus to beat the Chargers. If I'm wrong, you know where to find me on Monday. If they win 23-20, I'll be thrilled. If they win 28-24, I'll be thrilled. But I really believe, and I've been stressing this all week, that they got to open up the offense and attack. The Chargers are weak on third down. The Chargers give up a lot in the run game, we know. But Carr's going to have to step up and throw it in the end zone, get some flags, throw deep to Zay Jones and Deshaun Jackson and take some shots. And Derwin James is going to be back there. And when he's in the box trying to stop the run, I think Carr's got to change the play and go deep. Not change the play to hand it off up the middle. Not change the play to go conservative. I hope that Derek steps up big, and if he changes the plays in this game, he attacks downfield. All right, earlier this week, I caught up with the head coach of the Silver and Black, my conversation with Rich Basaccia. Okay, coach, resiliency is the word again. What a win. Let's go back to Indy. When you need to make plays, and even in a low-scoring game, this team comes together to make the plays to win games. Well, yeah, again, a credit to the players and, and the way in which they you know, competed relentlessly you know, to the bitter end. I think the guys have understood that we try to go into the game with a belief system in all three phases of the game, and then it's their job to do the best they possibly can to execute you know, the system in which we're trying to play. So, again, it was one of those games we had to play all the way to the end, but a credit to them, and, and uh, we came out on the winning end of it. When you took a step back and looked at that game, what impressed you the most with it from the defense to just the overall victory? Because, again, it came down to the wire again in the fourth quarter. You have a very good fourth-quarter team. We do, as of right now. You know, certainly yeah. our defense's ability to, to stop them there at the end and, and hold them, and then for Derek to come back with his offense and, and uh, the plays that Ole called to execute, get us in field goal range for Daniel to come in and have a chance to, to win it for us in the end. But I also believe that our team seems to be improving um, week in and week out, which has kind of been a mantra for us. And I also see them improving as the game goes on, which is a good thing. So I hope we can keep that up and um, be excited about playing in the black outcome. Absolutely. Let's move to the Chargers. Marcus Mariota's package, as it evolves more and more, he played a big game last year as Derek went out. He has a lot of leadership and experience in this rivalry. What have you seen with him in preparation and practice as his role seems to be getting a little bit bigger? Yeah, I think we've talked about him throughout the year. You know, uh, he's come in at different situations for us. And what he did last year, certainly in that game, and gave us an opportunity to win as well at the end. It didn't go our way. But, um, you know, the package seems to be evolving to some degree. And and, uh, hopefully we'll see. Know where it goes from here, but he's always prepared. Um, whether he's been uh, behind Derek taking snaps or whether he's gets his snaps in um, with the offense as well, but he's a true professional. He's always prepared. Those guys have a great relationship, so uh, we'll expect to hopefully see him a little bit again this week. For about a month, you've been giving us updates on Darren Waller, and the fans are really excited about potentially him being ready to go. What have you seen with him as he was out and as he pre- preparing? You've been talking about him in the pool and getting ready, and it looks like he's real close. Uh, hopefully close. You know, he um, he was a little bit limited yesterday and got some reps out of him yesterday and we'll see how what the soreness level was today coming in after um, what he did yesterday in practice and we'll know a little bit more as we get through tomorrow and hopefully get into Saturday's walkthrough about how much he can actually do and if he's going to do any at all but we'll see what it looks like today. I talked to Andre James on the radio this offensive line deserves some time here their improvement and he talked about the confidence level their grades are up they're doing a better job they seem to be more confidence and coach I wanted to touch on the penalties going down on top of it. They seem to be playing their best football coming into this game. Well, I think our penalties have gone down all around in yeah. all three phases. And obviously we had a, you know, we had a big 
to go on third and one, and um, we'd like to certainly stop the pre-snap penalties on both sides of the ball. They've been big for us um, in a negative way earlier in the year, and we've done a good job. Those guys have done a good job in practice of fixing that, and it's certainly something we can control that we can get a little bit better at. So um, I think our offensive line, like you said, is gaining a little bit of sense of confidence. We're gaining a little bit more trust from Josh that the blocks are going to be where they're at at the time they're supposed to be, and hopefully we'll keep moving in that direction. Justin Herbert's a young quarterback. I'm sure you're looking at a lot of tape this week. What jumps off the tape in regards to how mature he is at this age, and how do you get him off his spot? The defensive line's playing fantastic, and you got probably your biggest test of the year at home with him. We do. Um, we're excited to be at home for yeah. it. But I think the thing that's so impressive with him is his ability to extend plays. So when you do move him off the spot, sometimes he makes some of the best plays of the game, um, a little bit like the great ones do. You know, So we're going to do the best we possibly can to put ourselves in position to have a chance to play well on defense, and, and uh, we'll see how it works out. Allen and Mike Williams, more concerned with them as possession receivers around the sticks or one of them getting deep where you got to keep a double on them and keep their eye on the big play. Yeah, once they show up for the game, we're concerned about both of them. Yeah. You know, they're, they're tremendous players. They have a great catch radius, both of them, and they get themselves in the right position. They have a great, tremendous amount of confidence in Herbert getting them the ball. So, again, we're, we're just going to put a plan together and, and – uh, See if we can tackle in space and see if we can play a little bit better this week. Great segue to Austin Eckler, who can get sneaky outside and catch a screen and get upfield for your linebackers to have an eye on him and get him down when he touches the ball. Yeah, I mean, Burke, you're doing a great job of just telling <laughs> us all the really good players they have. It's very, it's very obvious. We understand that we have a formidable opponent coming in here. They've really played well throughout the entire year. Again, they, they beat us pretty good in their stadium, you know, a while back. So we're looking forward to the opportunity to play again come Sunday night. They have a couple offensive linemen, young ones who made the Pro Bowl there too in the pass rush with them. I'm interested because these last couple of games, Coach, have been barroom brawls as we talked about, low-scoring games. They're more comfortable with the shootout. So it's interesting the philosophy of the last couple of teams, Cleveland and Indy, and the Chargers. Can you talk about the difference? Well, it looks like what most teams try to do is when you get in the game – the game goes a certain way, right? There's ebbs and flows in the game. And I think if, if we keep games close and have a chance to win it with the kicker, so be it. They seem to get in games where they ends up being a little bit of a shootout and they end up winning it on offense, so be it as well. So we'll, we'll kind of see what game we get into as ours gets going. A coach Daly likes to go for it on fourth down. You've had success. How do you feel about that on fourth well, down? The evolution of head coaches now having to go for it or going for it more. Well, there's certain situations where yeah. we feel comfortable um, in some of the packages we have or some of the things we have on fourth down. If the if the um, field positions in our favor or maybe what we thought we would get on the down and distances in our favor, we'll, we'll try to do it. But we're going to try to do the best we can to get enough points to win the game. Coach, tremendous job last one getting here and wanting to not downplay the game. It's not like every other game. Derek touched on that in the press conference, the emotions. When this game got flexed to Sunday, it wasn't like a game being moved two days, which you just had to deal with. What do you think about the flex, the last game of the year, Sunday night and getting it at home? Um, I think, again, we're, we're excited. We knew we were going to have a game, whether it be Sunday or Saturday, what it was. We knew it was the last game of the season. It's a division opponent. It's a historic rivalry, right, us and the Chargers. We're excited to be at home. We're excited that it's Sunday night. It gives our fans a little time during the course of the day to get themselves excited for the game. So we'll, uh, we're going to do a good job putting a product on the field that hopefully everyone can be proud of. Good luck Sunday night, Coach. Thank you so much. So that was an interesting conversation because Coach, Coach was into it, but I could tell Coach was – on his way to another meeting, coach was on his way to get this team ready. He's done a masterful job. Masterful job for Coach Passaccia. No matter what happens Sunday night, he's done an excellent job as an interim head coach. Very good to us with the interview every week. He's only going to give you so much.
He defers to everyone. I knew early on in my first interview with him after he took over for John Gruden, Coach Gruden in my interviews with him would go off in a whole bunch of different directions. Coach Passacci is all business. He wants to talk about his assistant coaches, his players, and whenever I talk about a specific player, he brings me and reels me back in and talks about that position group. I bring up Mad Max Crosby. He goes, well, Quentin Jefferson, Solomon Thomas, this, that, Carl Nassib. That's the coach he is. He's, he's a leader. He's a player's coach. He respects everyone. And he delegates a lot of power to Gus Bradley and Greg Olson to get the job done, and they have the last couple of weeks. Putting the Raiders in this position. So more on our Raiders coverage here, final hour. Oh, and I'm taking my sons to see the Madden Cruiser, which I'm excited about. My son, my youngest son, who's 18, he's going back to college. On Saturday, I'm part of that uh, team, taking it back. Uh, we got something going on quickly out in uh, Tempe, so I'll be in and out of there quickly. Uh, back in time, well before Sunday for the game. The, the game is 3.15, the pregame, at the Torch. Uh, the Madden family will light the torch, as you know. And then my oldest son, who will be going back on Monday to the University of Oklahoma, he's coming to the game. He's ready to tailgate in the J-Lot. He's ready to roll. 20 years old. He's ready, if you know what I mean. This is his team. This is his life. My son went to Dallas to the Cowboy game on Thanksgiving, and he's been to the last Raider game, and he's coming to this one. So he's really excited about that. I'm excited, everybody. As you can tell, this has been a great week for us with all of our guests. We're going to replay the Bill Romanowski interview. I love Romo. I think it's appropriate. I even text him today to listen Romo is the guy I want everybody to hear one more time to set the tone. We'll replay that later on this hour. And also, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports will pick some games for free as we continue. On Raider Nation Radio, brought to you by Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Uh, Charles Woodson has elevated his legend. He's got the Intercept wine. He's got Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. I wouldn't be surprised if I saw a couple of bottles out there at the tailgate. People throwing down some shots of Woodson Bourbon Whiskey, having some nice cocktails before they go into the game. Hey, Vegas, let's celebrate. We are the talk of the NFL this Sunday night on NBC, and we have your full coverage right here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Well, he's the same guy um, every single day. Um, he works. He works his ass off. Um, he's, you know, he's gonna keep it real no matter what. He's not gonna sugarcoat anything. Um, if I need something, he's the first guy I go to. Um, no matter, you know, since day one, since I got here three years ago. So he's just one of those guys that you want in your corner, and you know you're gonna have in your corner for life. So um, the guys respond really well to him, and you know, I love having him. You know, as my head coach. JT, welcome back as we continue Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Sunday night football. The whole country is talking about the Raiders, and so are we on the flagship. The Madden Cruiser is in town. I'm on my way to see that here in a little bit, and we are brought to you by Grimaldi's. Get some Grimaldi's to go or go to all their locations here in the Valley. Best pizza I ever had. Get the Brooklyn Bridge pizza. You'll thank me for it. The salads, the dessert, the wine, the beer list, the Peroni at the bar. Outstanding. Grimaldi's is where I send everybody for pizza. I know you all like pizza. I'm not looking to take you away from your favorite pizza. I'm just telling you Grimaldi's is the best pizza I've ever had. 
Lee Sterling joins us. He's joined me all year. Thrilled about that. ParamountSports.com. He picks winners. And when he doesn't get it right, he posts his picks. Winners and losers. But he's always right more than he's wrong. Go to ParamountSports.com. ParamountSports.com. First time having him on Raider Nation Radio in the new year. Lee, happy new year. Thanks for coming on the show. And uh, good to have you. I know you went back with your family back east to New York to see some shows and see some Broadway shows. I hope you had a good time. How are you, buddy? I'm great. Uh, Recharge the batteries. Everyone needs to do it. And uh, (laughs) ready to go for the stretch of the football season. We've got college basketball in the NBA, hockey, and even the UFC picks back up next weekend. Beautiful. Let's jump into the NFL. Two teams with not much to play for and possibly two coaching changes, Minnesota-Chicago. Uh, let's get into Minnesota and what you see in this game here, because at times we've been friends a long time. You look at teams a certain way, and there could be adversity heading into the off season. There could be changes that are obviously coming. A line opened up Minnesota minus six. We'll play at five and a half. I think this is going to be the last game for a lot of coaches on both these staffs. Total forty four and a half. How do you say it? I agree with you. The line actually went down to three, and now it's come back up to five and a half with the news that Kirk Cousins will play, uh, that Mike Zimmer is going to play his starters uh, possibly the whole way. Uh, I think he's coaching for his future. I think both coaches will be let go. Matt Nagy, I think, has kind of let the cat out of the bag that he's not going to be back. But uh, at least his team is playing hard. They're playing with passion. They have momentum. They can run the football, uh, even throwing it now with Andy Dalton. And they have the better defense. Minnesota cornerbacks I'm seeing early and often they're playing off 12, 15 yards off the ball here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just don't want to engage here. I think the team is quitting here on Mike Zimmer. Um, Matt Nagy may be out of a job, but I think his team's going to play hard through the finish here. Long team favorite, Chicago outright 24-20. Wow, outright. Not even a cover. Yeah. Chicago Bears outright. Yeah. Lee Sterling, that is a big one at ParamountSports.com. I remember talking to you the last time the Rams played at Levi Stadium, and you know, San Francisco was 3-5. and five. If they lost that game, I think that would have ended their season. I mean, literally, the wheels would have came off. They wouldn't have come back in that division with Arizona and the Rams from it, and they circled, they played great, and the Niners fought their way into the playoffs. Now if the Niners don't win and New Orleans wins, the Niners are out, and I think they'll have a lot of disarray and a lot of chatter in the offseason. This is a monster game, as the Rams want to secure that number two seed. They want to make sure they get two home playoff games. Rams opened up minus six and a half here. We'll play at four and a half, as the Rams are at home at SoFi, home of the Super Bowl, in a must-win game for the 49ers. So the 49ers here... The 49ers are one team that have just dominated the Rams here. They've given, uh, I mean, problems early and often to Sean McVay. They won five in a row against the Rams, four and one against the spread here. They even whipped them 31 to 10 in that game in week 10 here. They ran the ball 44 times for over 50 yards in that game here. And uh, I'm, I'm just looking at Matthew Stafford right now, and he's a turnover machine here. Uh, Stafford, three turnover. Uh, games here during uh, uh, this run here. And, in fact, he's been picked off now uh, four times uh, in the last five weeks. So the 49ers, I think that they they, they just have the the Rams number here. Uh, Trey Lance, if he starts, he can throw the ball and run the ball. 
Uh, if they go back to Jimmy G, I think that's fine also. I'm going to go with a team that runs the ball better and mm-hmm. uh, seems to get after the quarterback here. I'm going to go for the San Francisco 49ers again. Another wrong team favorite, San Francisco 27-20. 27-20. That'll, that's an interesting game because obviously you know what you're doing. You handicap for a living. The, the Niners, I think, are playing just life-and-death football. And if the Rams don't win this game at home, home of the Super Bowl, with, and they want to put Stafford on the road in the cold potentially for two games, let alone one, or depending on how this plays out, what could happen. This is a massive game, I think, for both these coaches, Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com, and he will go with the 49ers there. Uh, nice of you to give us the national championship game, my friend. I appreciate that. Alabama you know, had an easier road with Cincinnati, and I love the performance of Georgia over Michigan. I expected a much closer game. Uh, let's get into this one and how you see the national championship game on Monday night where Georgia has got to prove that they can beat Nick Saban in a big game, especially with a quarterback who doesn't have a lot of big game experience. No, you're right. And uh, I think the public was on Michigan because of the way they finished and mm-hmm. take nothing away from them. I was riding them against Ohio State and Iowa, but they matched up well with Ohio State. Ohio State couldn't stop the run. Georgia can Now, if you go back to last year, Georgia leading at half against Alabama in the regular season at Alabama, couldn't close the door. This year, for some reason, they weren't ready for the game. Maybe they thought, you know, with all that momentum, they'd win a game and, uh, you know, just sail into the national championship. It was a hard, bitter lesson. I think it comes down to who can run the ball and who can stop the run better and take nothing away from Nick Saban, take nothing away from the quarterback position where Alabama has a clear advantage. I think Georgia does both much better here. And uh, just think that uh, the third time is going to be the charm here for Georgia. I think they're favored for a reason here. I think the right team is favored. I think Georgia takes it 34-24 over Alabama. We win our fourth straight national title. Wow, that is a big one. Look at that. Georgia outright there. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Uh, check out his website. He's the one of the only people I ever put on the radio because he's transparent. His picks, win or lose, are up there. He wins a lot more. And I've referred a lot of business to him over the years with clients that are satisfied. Lee, finally, you're going Sunday night. They flex the Raiders yeah. into Sunday night against the Chargers. Win or mo- move forward. Loser go home. I'm really not interested in the spread in this game because it's an elimination game. Winners going to have to win, and those fan bases don't like each other. Uh, tell us how to get this game. I know you got some knowledge on the inside of Raiders hosting the Chargers. I do, and everyone can't wait for this game. We've got it for everyone. They want to get involved. We'll give it to them for free. Just call 800-400-9741. 800-400-9741. Give the Raiders and Chargers on me. like to get you... Uh, that big win for this weekend. And uh said, check us out, ParamountSports.com. Happy New Year, Lee. Thanks for always doing this. Have a great year. Good luck. You too. Thanks, JT. Thanks to Lee Sterling. Fantastic. ParamountSports.com. Man, he didn't give us the Raider Charger game. He didn't. He wants you to go to the site and get it. Well, yeah, I would do that. I would do that at ParamountSports.com. I know what he's picked. But, again, he's a business partner here. Wants you to go to the site there. Uh, bet with your wallet, not with your head. And, as we've said about that game, who cares what the spread is? Who cares if it was Chargers minus six or Raiders, you know, minus two? Who cares? No one cares. More people are talking about them tying than who's the favorite. Whoever wins, wins. The loser goes home. I could care less. Treat it like a pick'em game. 
Uh, that's what it should be like. A pick em game, whoever wins, and I got the Raiders to win this game to go to the playoffs. All right, I want to get into Bill Romanowski. Uh, we replay an interview from time to time when it's really good. And Romo Cup, Bill Romanowski, my conversation earlier this week leading up to the game, my conversation with Bill Romanowski, the four-time Super Bowl champ who always gets us fired up here on Raider Nation Radio. One of the greatest linebackers ever to play, our friend Bill Romanowski joins us. And Romo, you're always positive. You're always thinking, get to the playoffs, get to the playoffs. And the Raiders are one game away after a lot of turmoil this year. How do you see it? You know what? Uh, the way they've been able to grind and fight and handle adversity this season, JT, I think hats off. Hats off to their head coach. Hats off to Derek Carr. Hats off to this group of scrappy players who, uh, you know, have found a way to win games. You know, hey, the Kansas City game, that was a route. That, mm-hmm. that you know, throw that out. But, you know, the Broncos, the Browns, you know, and then to beat a really good Colts team away, I tell you what, I just couldn't be happier for the Raiders, for Mark Davis, for this team. You know, they're grinders. And, hey, that's what they – now it's like all or nothing. It's like this is a playoff game. And, you know, I want to see them go out and just play their hearts out and find a way to win a football game. You know, Romo, you played in so many – playoff games and you won four Super Bowls. Can you recall a time you were in one of those situations you had a win in the regular season to get in? And were you in a lot of those situations or was it a little bit easier you were already in the playoffs and then getting ready to peak again? What's it like when you got to win your last regular season game to get in? You know what? Uh, Hey, I always liked that kind of pressure. You know, whether it be you know, for, for a lot of times it was we had to win to get home field advantage through the playoffs. Yes. So, but, hey, with that being said, you still got to go out there and play. You got to go out there and get it done. And, uh, you know, this is one of those things where I think a lot of people's jobs are on the line. I'd have to maybe say, you know, uh, if Carr doesn't win – You know, I'm not sure if he's here next year. Head coach, if he doesn't win, probably not going to come back as a head coach. You know, so I think there's a lot on the line. And, hey, just for Raider fans, I'm I'm friggin' tired of them not making the playoffs, and I want to see them beat the Chargers and go in, hey, and do some damage in the playoffs and give it their best shot. Bill Romanowski joins us. Uh, Romo, very important here. It's a young quarterback in Justin Herbert, and he's really good. And the Raiders don't blitz a lot, and they play that zone package that they have, and he tends to eat that up. And he's had some big games already with the Raiders. What's that like when you don't blitz a lot? You have those four rushers who are good, Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe. Do you expect Gus Bradley to disguise the defense more? I mean, this is his former team that he came over to be the defensive coordinator now of the Raiders, or do the Raiders just stick with what's working and what's got them there? 
You know what? Uh, you know what? He knows them pretty damn well, uh, you know, because he was there. He saw them, you know, every day in practice. This is one of those situations where you kind of got to stick to your guns on who and what you are. All of a sudden, I don't think they're going to become a blitzing team. And to me, it's about those four guys up front on every play getting to the quarterback and really forcing, you know, Herbert to make a bad throw in this game. One or two bad throws, knock down a pass, maybe get an interception, and then have the rest, the other seven guys in their zones, eyeing him, flying to the ball and making plays. And it's one of those things where not one guy can take a play off for 60 minutes. Bill Romanowski, Romo joining us for a game like this. Are you kidding me? Hey, Romo, what about getting in the face of a young quarterback? You got a story because you're a veteran, but you were early in your career. No one, You had no fear at any level, but do you remember a young buck quarterback coming up, a hot shot? You're there in warm-ups, and you're showing him your biceps or maybe walking past him after a play and maybe sending a message to him early in a game? Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I happen to pick Brett Favre. You know, when I was at the Eagles, I sacked him, you know, and, you know, I kind of grabbed him by the throat a little bit and kind of pushed him down, and he slapped me in the head, and he said, hit me harder next time, Romo. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man. It, like, deflated me. It was like, hey, I wanted him to give me a little fight back, and I was like, what do you say to that? You know, there's really not much you could say to that, you know. Hey, I remember, you know, I had Dan Marino in the playoffs, and uh, I did the same thing. I kind of pushed him down, and I tell you what, he took a swing at me, and I was like, hey, that old boy, Dan, I'm going to kick your ass today. Let's go. You're going down. Bill Rome. And, uh, <laughs> you know, also uh, Troy Aikman, you know, another – uh, another one in the play in the, no, it wasn't in the playoffs. It was regular season, but hey, I tried like hell to get in, you know, the heads of anybody I played against. But that Brett Favre really stands out to me. Bill Romanowski joins us. How great is this? You know, Romo, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk to you after Coach Madden passed away, and again, all the big games. I thought of this as I knew we had you on today. He did a lot of your games because Lawrence Taylor started the documentary and ended it. It was so much about Lawrence Taylor and Favre. And then I said to my wife, I go, man, Romo in the NFC with the Niners and the Eagles in a lot of those games. Give us a Madden story or two, all Madden and, and what he meant as a broadcaster and obviously as a legendary coach from the Raiders. You know what? And this is one when I was actually watching a game that he was broadcasting. And I don't know who the guy was, but here's what he said. He circled this guy's calf and ankle, and he called it a cankle. He said, <laughs> look at that. That's not a calf. It's not an ankle. It's a cankle. Because it's one size from the knee all the way down to the foot. And... Literally, that has stuck with me for probably 
30 years. Him saying that. And, you know, there's been so many times, you know, where, you know, you do the, the, the pregame interviews with, with the guys, and he's just always somebody that I always enjoy talking to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because this is a guy that's been there. He's won, he's won a Super Bowl. You know, he's won big games. He knows what you're going through. He knows what it's like. And then he's a damn good broadcaster, and he sees the game in a different way. And, uh, you know, he's a legend. He's the best of all time, a great guy. Mm -hmm. You know, he was a guy I always loved saying hello to, and he was always a guy that uh, always seemed to call my name a lot during a football game because yes. he liked to say my name, Romanowski. <laughs> there's that Romanowski again. That's how he would say it, yeah. Hey, there's <laughs> that Romanowski again. I can hear John Madden in my ear. Bill Romanowski yeah. as we wrap it up. You know, another big thing, Romo, uh, when we look at this season – you know, it's a big spot for the Chargers because you played in San Diego when you played against them. And, you know, the fan base, the Raider fans been through a lot. They moved a couple of times to L.A., back to Oakland. Now they're in Vegas. And you see this new stadium. The Chargers are in a really unique spot because none of their San Diego fans came with them. They're so pissed off. The ones in L.A. have to deal with USC, UCLA, LeBron James, the Dodgers. But they got Justin Herbert. And if they can beat the Raiders... It kind of gets them going because uh, L.A. is such a big Raider market. What's on the line for the Chargers in this game? Because they put themselves in a tough situation. I thought they should have been in the playoffs by now. Now they got to win on the road to get there. Yeah. You know what? Hey, this is one of those things, too. A young quarterback coming in, and he wants to prove that he is one of the best. Hey, we're all talking about... Uh, Justin Herbert, you know, with how good he played last year and how he's playing this year. But when the game is on the line, when you have to go into an opposing stadium and beat a good fo- – hey, the Raiders are a good football team. Mm-hmm. These are a scrappy group of guys that love the game of football they play hard for one another. They play hard for this coach. They all play hard for uh, for the owner. I mean, this is uh, this is not an easy feat for him and for uh, you know Derek Carr. You know, it's going to be to me. Who's the best quarterback on? You know, who's the best quarterback in this game? And. Whoever the best quarterback is is going to win win this game, whether it's Derek Carr or Herbert. And I certainly hope it's Derek Carr. And I would love to see Derek Carr come back and take this team to a Super Bowl. And, hey, you never know. They've got a chance to go there this year. Hey, Romo, I'm happy you said that because it's really tough. You know, we're the flagship station. We support Derek. But I agree with you. I, I think this game comes down to the quarterback, and the Raiders are falling in love with their run game. Josh Jacobs finally got going, and I think Derek's going to have to have a magnificent game. He's undefeated when he throws for over 300 yards. He hasn't done that in a while. And do you believe, like I do, there's going to be a point in this game where if the Raiders are trailing, Carr's going to have to attack, and he's getting Waller back. Renfro's been amazing. He's got to take a couple of deep shots because that's what Herbert's going to be doing all game, and I think the Raiders have to match that. 
Hey, you, you couldn't be right. You couldn't be more right on, JT, is he's got to be able to match that big. You know, Derek Carr's got a big arm, you know. He, he hey, with Waller back, that's a big-time weapon. Uh, but he doesn't have that deep threat. But we got to be able to get the ball deep and find a way, you know, to hit a, a big shot, you know, a couple times in this game. You know, you lull them asleep, you lull them asleep a little bit with the run. You know, you dink and dunk with your short passing game, but you've got to be able to take a shot. You know Justin Herbert is going to take a shot, and you got to keep up with that, that kind of firepower. And this is going to be a defensive battle. It's gonna. I hope it comes down to the end. I hope it's us with the ball, and Derek's got to drive down the field to win the game for the Raiders and get them in the playoffs. And I hope uh, that's what I see. Romo, finally, Nutrition 53. If everybody followed your regimen all year long, they wouldn't need New Year's resolutions. They'd just be following Bill Romanowski, Nutrition 53, and they wouldn't have to lose 20 pounds to start the year. But as you know, as a businessman and entrepreneur, a lot of people want to dive in in a new year and set nutrition goals. Tell us why Nutrition 53. Well, you know what, JT? It's about lifestyle. It's about hey, whatever you like to do, you know, day in and day out on the weekends, it's about kicking ass. Hey, I got to kick ass for 16 years in the NFL, but I still like to kick ass. And I'm able to do that because I take Lean 1 every day. I take Lean 1 Neuro every day. I take D3, vitamin C, you know, fish oils, all those kind of things. Hey, what are we what are we dealing with right now? Our country or or the world? We're dealing with COVID. Well, you kick COVID in the ass if you keep yourself healthy. And I've got the game plan. Nutrition53.com. Get your lean one. Lose some weight. Get in shape and kick some serious ass day in and day out. Hope to see you in the playoffs, Romo. If not before, always have you on for a reason. You always deliver. Best to Julie, your Julie, uh, for the new year. We'll see you soon. Awesome. Take care, JT. How good was that? That's Romo. Romo's fired up. And more and more I've talked to Romo this year. He, he touched on that when he talked about Tony Gonzalez. And he talked about it again with Favre and other ones. He likes to grab people's throats. Romo, back in the day, if he fell on you, would grab your throat. Now, with all these cameras around, there were cameras back then, too, but I guess they weren't looking as closely. Romo grabbing quarterbacks and tight ends by the neck to win at all cost. Thanks to Bill Romanowski for checking in. We appreciate that. Brought to you by BillsHappen.com. Raider fans, run it. They know who you are. If you need money for bills coming off the holiday, you're paying for holiday presents. You're paying for tickets. You're paying for a vacation or you just got behind, go to BillsHappen.com. BillsHappen.com, and they will help you get through a rough patch or just when you need a little cash. When we come back, we'll wrap it up and get ready again for Sunday night football. What an opportunity for all of us to have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m. on a beautiful Friday here in Las Vegas.
Well, if you look back to the last three games, they've all been the biggest games of our career. And so everyone wants to keep talking about one game, but if we lost any of these other ones, we wouldn't be talking about this one. So um, again, no one likes that because it doesn't sound good, but it's just the truth. All right, JT, back with you as we wrap it up here for the week on Raider Nation Radio, and it's a great week. How great is it? How awesome is this week and the fact that we have Sunday night football, an opportunity to have a great weather weekend, an extra hour of tailgating. They're opening up that lot earlier. The Madden Cruiser's going to be there. The Raiders are hosting Sunday night football. If I told you at the start of the season, when we came out of the preseason, that the Raiders would have a chance to make the playoffs against the Chargers on a Sunday night football game flexed, you'd all take it. Every one of us would take it. Every single one of you would take it, and we have that. So let's take advantage of it and have a great weekend. You know, coming off the Colts win, the resiliency tour in Week 17 against the Colts, eight-point underdogs on the road against one of the hotter teams out there, and they win. They win beating the Colts in first downs, third down conversions, total yards, time of possession. Hey, I know it's on to the next game, but what about that win? That was a great win that set up the Raiders. And, you know, Derek Carr spoke at length about why he needs and wants everybody to treat this like just any other game, but it's not. We all know that. If the Raiders, K.J. Wright said it. You act like you've been there before. You have players on this team who have. K.J. Wright, the best example. Everybody enjoy it. They have done their homework. They have prepared. They'll be ready to play. Getting Waller back is huge. He returned limited participant this week in practice. Again, I'm not jinxing anything, not saying much at all. Let's just hope we see Darren Waller in warm-ups, running fast, ready to go on Sunday night. That would be great. As I tweeted out, Earlier this week, I think we need to see more Marcus Mariota in this game. He worked well against the Chargers last year. He was great in that game, other than one pick. Uh, First and goal at the four. How many times have I said first and goal at the four with Mariota? That would have got the Raiders in the playoffs last year, I believe. That would have been the start of a playoff run, but the Chargers beat the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. And I think that important development that came out of the Colts game was the utilization of Marcus. He played the most snaps he's played all season, rushed for 16 yards on three carries. I think the running game looks impressive. We had Andre James on this week. They have a lot of confidence. And with the Chargers, we know they have Justin Herbert, a pro bowler. They got the duo of of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. They're very good. They have the dual threat ability of Austin Eckler. Watch him on screens because he's dangerous on screens. He catches the ball. Look for him on a wheel route or a screen, and he knows how to get upfield. He's really good. They got two pro bowlers on the offensive line in Slater and Lindsley. They're good. They're solid. They can run block. They can pass protect and give Herbert an extra half a second for the big guys to get open. We all talked about the threat of Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa gets tired at the end of games. He does. I like the motor of Mad Max in the fourth quarter more so than Bosa, but Bosa can go off. When he gets going, when he has big games, they're real big. He can play, and the Raiders are going to have to chip him and hope that their right side does a good job when he lines up there. Derwin James is in the backfield, typically hurt in this rivalry, but he's ready to go. One of the best safeties out there, and we'll see what happens with Brandon Staley and how aggressive he's going to be on fourth down. I'm expecting him to go for it a number of times. Anywhere around midfield, it's four-down territory. Gus Bradley knows this. And finally, Gus... 
to mix up this defense a bit because we know Herbert can pick apart a team that doesn't blitz well and plays this type of zone coverage. We've seen it before. Raider Nation unite. As I always say, I'll see you at the torch. Come see me. I think we start at 315. We'll be there earlier. Q will be there with the pre-pre-game show. We're excited to see you out at the Black Hole Tailgate in J-Lot. Wherever you're tailgating, wherever you're going to be, whatever you're doing, come on out and celebrate this weekend with all of us here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Have a great weekend, everybody.